0: This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at
1: CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. I'm here with Kyle today. What are we going to be talking about? Well, we are going to be covering Dave Ramsey's uh, newest video discussing Whole Life and Infinite Banking, where he calls Infinite Banking a scam, and we just feel like there's some points here that need to be cleared up because not everything is accurate. Right. And it's easy uh, for people to, you know, listen to these um, people talk about finance on the radio, and, you know, you hear a lot of things they say, it sounds good, and then they talk about something like Whole Life, where maybe they aren't. Um, quite as knowledgeable, and they say some things that just aren 't true, so we want to we want to provide the details on why that is for you guys or not why it is but but what he does get wrong yeah, so we 'll get started and we 'll just kind of play from the beginning here and go along with it
0: Jason is with us in Detroit. Hi Jason. welcome to the Dave Ramsey show. Hey, Dave, thanks for taking my call. How are you? Better than I deserve. How can I
2: help? Well, I had a question for you. Um, I've been working with a financial advisor who's giving me some advice, and I follow the show. I'm on Baby Step Seven currently, um, but he presented me with an idea that was a little outside the box. And I have term life insurance. I've been anti whole life, but he presented me with this infinite banking concept. Jesus, you're um, kidding I had me. Money. Yeah, I have excess money in a savings account and looking to rebalance my portfolio to get it to work a little bit harder. Wow. But my risk tolerance is a little bit low. And he showed me how you can do this where you overfund the whole life policy. Yeah. You can access the money. You break even in year seven, and then yeah. the dividend outruns what you put into it.
0: Yeah, it's a it set. doesn't
2: seem like a terrible idea in that regard. But I just wanted your your take on yeah. why you know that might not be the best.
1: So our first cut here, where we're going to discuss you know, what What we've just listened to. We want to first say that Dave Ramsey is talking to a certain group of people here. He's talking to the majority of Americans who are in bad consumer debt. And, you know, he does a lot for people like this. Dave has a great strategy of getting people out of debt and then staying out of debt. And he's great at motivating them to do this as well. Yeah. He's really good at doing that. Yeah. So they're, we're not saying that Dave Ramsey is dumb. He's obviously a very smart businessman worth hundreds Probably hundred million dollars or better. So that's that's not the attack here. We just uh, we just want to clear this video up for you guys. And to kind of start off with, um, Dave has no idea what um, the caller is going to be using this money for. What what he would use this policy for? He just goes into starting saying, "Oh, you know this is bad," right? I mean, the the caller says he's on baby step seven. And you know, this is Dave Ramsey's um, program. So he has a little idea of where he's at financially. Um, the caller says that he wants to rebalance his portfolio and stuff. And um, aside from that, we don't know whether this guy's a business owner, an employee. We have no idea how this policy would be used. And Dave doesn't ask that either. Um, on a side note, whole life insurance can be an excellent asset as part of a portfolio though um as a great alternative to bonds and portfolios so it could do a tremendous job of helping this guy rebalance his portfolio
0: well go. The, the problem is that you where it gets confusing it is that um god he's selling a dividend a financial advisor is this a, this is an insurance guy well, he's, he's both. They
2: have, you know, it's one of the bigger companies. Um, they yeah, like have Northwestern a, Mutual or
0: Prudential. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He's an insurance guy. He's not a financial advisor. Okay. I was about to okay. Say. So, because those are both mutual companies. Now, uh, there are two types of life insurance companies, mutual and stock. Okay. Likely, okay. you bought your term, unless you bought it from him, from a stock company. A stock company, stockholders own the insurance company. A mutual company, which is Pru and Northwestern State Farm is mutual, is the policyholders are actually the stockholders. Okay? Okay. So when the company makes a profit, the policyholders receive a dividend as if they were a stockholder and received a dividend. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Now, follow the math here. If you are the owner of the company and you're also the customer of the company and the only place the company gets money is from the customers that are owners and they give you money from a profit, by definition, that means it's because they took too much from you as a customer. There wouldn't have been a profit otherwise. Okay. So the IRS has deemed, consequently that mutual life insurance company dividends are not dividends in the true sense of a dividend that instead they are and this is the irs's language they are instead a refund of a deliberate overcharge so they overcharge you in order to give you some money later to make you feel like you're making money off of them and it's absolute hogwash it's a pass-through
1: okay i think we should stop the video here kyle Dave goes on uh, in the beginning talking about mutual companies, Prudential and Northwestern. And I only bring this up because Dave goes on about this later in the video. But Prudential is a stock company. They have been since 2001. So I want to be clear about that. Dave further goes on to say then that dividends are a deliberate overcharge. Now, I, I think that he's doing an okay job of describing dividends, but He is using a little bit of misleading um, terminology here to make you think that it's it's this terrible thing when actually a dividend is a great thing. You want to have the company share the profits with you, which dividends are profits, excess profits that the company has generated. And if they aren't generating dividends, that's a bad thing for you because then your policy is growing by a lesser amount.
0: Dividends
1: are a really good thing. He also makes it sound like that the insurance company only makes money from you, and that's just not the case. Yes, they take your money as premium and they invest it. Absolutely. But, but they're investing in real assets, such as real estate, business, bonds. Policy loans. Yes, things uh, along those lines. Yeah, the, the the insurance company, it isn't just like they're taking $100 from you. It only took $70 to deliver on that promise, so they're giving you the $30 back. It's much more complicated than that. They're investing that money. Um, We should also say, just for a simple example for you guys to understand, um, and this will draw the the lines together so you can really see that 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 isn't how it works. Imagine that you buy a a policy at, uh, say, 25 years old, and you have to pay premiums on it. Now, this is a whole life insurance policy, but you have to pay premiums on it until you're age 65. And let's say it had a million dollar death benefit. And over that time, between age 25 and age 65, you paid $300,000 in premium. But the company is on the hook for a $1 million death benefit. If the only place they made money from was you, where would that $700,000 come from? They wouldn't be in business, would they, Kyle? Exactly. So that's just one area where he's... That's misleading information that, or not information, but misleading terminology. That's trying to make this sound like it's something that it isn't.
0: Mathematically, it's a pastor. It's it's the way it has to be. It's the legal definition of the freaking company, and the IRS says so. So, yeah. yeah. The thing I didn't love is
2: you know you when you take the money back, you basically are paying an interest rate on it. Exactly.
0: And whose money is this? Right. That you're 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 borrowing your own money and you're paying them interest? Yep. This is infinite banking for them.
1: The caller says that something he didn't really like about this idea was that to take your money back, you got to pay an interest rate on it. And Dave agrees and says, yeah, you're paying an interest rate on your own money. That's infinite banking for the life insurance company. But the truth is we're using the life insurance company's money. We're using OPM, other people's money here. Yep, it's not your money. You aren't paying interest on your money. No, and we use policy loans so that our money sits there and grows at uninterrupted compound interest. That's that's the beauty of the system. Absolutely. And you can you can take that um idea and then then you start to see what opportunity cost is, okay? Because if if you withdrew your money, it wouldn't be um, earning uninterrupted compound interest. So there is an opportunity cost to, if you use your money or if you use the insurance company's money, one way you're paying interest, the other way you're not earning interest.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, the infinite banking concept is, is old school, whole life, done poorly. You need a real financial advisor, not an insurance broker (laughs) that's trying to sell you a load of manure. And so, yeah, the other thing is, is that your cash values that are sitting there all die with you. So whatever cash you put into this is equal zero at your death because they only pay the face value. Prue does not have a policy. Northwestern Mutual does not have a policy that pays more than the face value except Universal Life Bs, which are not in infinite banking products. And Universal Product B is where they charge more than they usually charge. Which basically buys the insurance, so they can still keep your money. Is the way the math actually works on this. So you're dealing with one of the most expensive insurance products in the marketplace. If you're dealing with either one of those two companies, I would stay completely away from both of them. There, um, everyone in the financial field except people that work for them, we all think they're a joke. All of us. Anyone who's academically trained or has any kind of cfp or anything else when they when someone says they work for northwestern mutual we just kind of laugh and go yeah right you screw people every day
1: okay i think we got a lot to break down there kyle um first off dave says the infinite banking concept is old school whole life done poorly um we, we use whole life contracts um and you know these things have been around for a long time. They're updated by insurance companies when new CSOs come out. But it's the structure of these policies and how you design them that really makes them work for infinite banking. We just did a podcast about that, you know, describing the base, the PUA's, the term writers, and things like that. So w- while you can buy whole life that, you know, wouldn't accumulate cash very quickly, which is what you know old school whole life would be. That isn't to say it's bad at all either. It's just, it's a different design. It's how the policies function. Yeah. I mean, the contract, yes, it's old school, but the way we're structuring it is not. So it's it's really not old school. It's not the old school thought of whole life. Right. And, you know, then he, he goes on further to say that your cash values that are sitting there, I'll die with you because they only pay the face value, Um you know, that's true. They do only pay the fa- the face value. They do not pay you the cash surrender value. Um, you know what, Kyle? The death benefit is always bigger than the cash value, and I'd much rather have that paid to my beneficiaries at death. Uh, furthermore than that, the cash value is just a representation of what the death benefit is at this point in time. Um, yeah, it's like it's like equity in your house, like we've said. Many times. It's just what, it's the net present value of that death benefit. Right. Minus the future premium payments. It's just a reflection of the death benefit at this point in time. And, um, you know, if you had a a 401k Kyle, let's say, and you're 27 years old, is that right? Are you 28? 27. 27. Okay. And, uh, so you have a good share of life insurance on you and the cash value is far far less than the death benefit, right? Yep. So, if you had a 401k that you housed that money in and you died today, your your beneficiaries would get that dollar amount. Yep. But with your life insurance, they actually get far more than what the cash value is. Yeah, a lot more. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. <laughs> 20, 30 times more. Yeah, he's he's sort of, uh, I'm not sure what the right word here is, um, but I, I don't know, I truly don't know if he doesn't understand how that functions exactly, but um, it's just not, it's not a good portrayal of the truth, I guess. It's very misleading again, as, as a lot of his comments are regarding this whole life. Um, yeah, and he also goes on to say, you know, kind of bashing the Northwestern Mutual people that, you know, you guys are just screwing people every day, which... I th- you gotta. I think you gotta have a little proof there if you're gonna make comments like that. Yeah, I mean, who's who's laughing at the Northwestern Mutual guys aside from Dave Ramsey? I mean, give us some proof. You know, um, you have the numbers um, here, Kyle. Of there's a lot of banks that purchase uh, bank-owned life insurance and yeah. big-time sums of it as well. Yeah. So of 2017. JPMorgan Chase had $10.9 billion in permanent life insurance. Wells Fargo had $18.3 billion. And U.S. Bank had $5.7 billion. So, and where do banks get bank-owned life insurance from, Kyle? Well, they get that from their profits. Well, I mean, they get it from life insurance companies, though, right? Oh, yes. Isn't that what Northwestern Mutual is? Yes. <laughs> I don't know that they use Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, we I'm don't... not saying that, I guess. I'm just saying that... They get bank-owned life insurance from life insurance companies. Mm -hmm. I don't think the banks are laughing at the life insurance companies, and they're buying their products at the same time. Yeah. Um, We should note in there, though, uh, Dave does get right that we do not use universal life products when we set up infinite banking policies. Yep. So, he's correct on that.
0: Yeah, So dude, you need to get away from them and you need to go get a real financial advisor that can help you do some real investing that takes into consideration your low risk tolerance. Low risk tolerance does not need lead, lead you to losing your money a hundred percent of the cash invested at death. Yeah. That's a bad risk tolerance thing. Jeez. So you need to move on, dude. You need to move on. But because the, the and the whole thing of the dividends are paying for it is such a joke because the dividends are the refund of a deliberate overcharge. So who's paying for it? If you were getting dividends from a, if you own Home Depot stock and you got dividends from that, then Home Depot's making a profit, but right. they're making a profit off of their customers. Yes. And I'm the owner yeah. of the investment. I get that dividend. That's different That's than if I am the customer and I'm the stockholder, thereby the only way I made a profit was off of me. Myself. So I pay you an extra 100 bucks, and then you give me 70 of it, and I'm supposed to feel great about that. Right. Yeah. So that's what this amounts to. And so you guys working with State Farm, when you get your little dividend check, that's what it is. It's the refund of a deliberate overcharge. IRS verbatim says that. Yeah. And that's why you don't get taxed on it. If you get a dividend on Home Depot stock, you get taxed on it as income because it's real income. You really made an investment and then you really made an income. So that's
1: Okay, Kyle, I got just a short thing I want to add here. Um I, I agree with Dave. He's doing an okay job here again of of explaining dividends and how there's a difference with stock um companies that you might own and mutual life insurance companies and dividends that you get from them. What I think is, is misleading here again is the fact where he's saying that. It's just a return of premium. And that's why there is no taxation on the dividends that you receive from life insurance or mutual life insurance policies. Well, why is it then that you can draw out so many dividends that they become taxable on a life insurance policy? Because it's not just an overcharge of premium, there's also investment income that's going into that. You know, insurance companies. These are guaranteed contracts, so they're charging for you for the absolute worst case scenario, and when they do better than that, they share the profits back with you. Dividends are an excellent thing, and if the companies weren't paying dividends, that would be a bad sign for the industry. Dividends are a very good thing. Kyle, would you want a company that you are an owner of to be profitable? I'd want them to be as profitable as possible. Well, dividends are a very good sign of of that. Absolutely, They're returning you profits from the company.
0: That's what's going on with that stuff. And so do not buy anything in the life insurance world based on dividends. Uh, you look at the price, look at the structure of the policy, and uh, you'll usually find that mutual uh, companies, by the way, are the higher priced. Yeah. So when you go to a quote service... Like a Xander Insurance and you get quoted on term life insurance, you're going to find no mutual companies in the 42 different companies that they give you a quote from yeah. because they're not no. competitive. That's it. Why? Because they charge more so they can give some of it to you back later and make you feel like that you got something.
1: <laughs> okay. Here Dave says, don't buy based on dividends. Look at the price. Look at the structure of the policy. And you'll usually find that mutual companies aren't competitive, Right. They're higher priced, okay? So he mentioned Xander's insurance in here and I just, I put it to the test. Kyle, I went on there and I looked if there's any mutual companies um, on his quote service. How I did that was I ran myself through their system and looked up what it'd cost to buy a million dollars of death benefit for a 20-year level term policy. What I found was there actually are mutual companies on there. There's Savings Bank, Mutual Life Insurance Company. There's Mutual of Omaha. And by the way, they were not at the bottom of the list. And I was also curious because a mutual company that I work for wasn't on there. So I ran myself with Penn Mutual uh, and they came in at $384 annually, which is seventh best from the best price that was quoted on Xander's insurance of $363 $363 and 60 cents. I don't quite see how this is the whole truth. And that then Dave also is telling he's us. Not, he's not taken into account of with mutual companies, it can also be easier to then convert that term into a whole life. So you sure. might have some more options. Sure, if you buy a convertible term, for sure. And I also think that it's worth mentioning that. Not all companies want to sell all products just because they have that product, and they don't come out and tell you that, but you can tell because they won't be price competitive on a product. Sure. Okay? Um, Not every company wants to be in the high cash value life insurance um, business. Some companies just want to sell death benefit to you, traditional whole life. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that companies have different focuses.
0: Yep. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> that's really what it amounts to. And that's why you won't find them. They're not competitive. Yeah. Dave, you, you're fired up about this one. Man, I tell you what, <laughs> pisses me off. Infinite banking my butt. Oh uh, Okay, Dave. Infinite banking is for them. Yes. The only, listen, the only thing you, that that agent has for his whole life is a need for your commission to be paid to him. Absolutely. That's the only whole life thing that is involved here. Uh, the, this, these products are horrendous. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, it's bad enough when they feed on... The middle class, but that guy's a baby step seven man he's probably a millionaire, yeah, and, cool. and and they create such a jumbled word picture that you can't cut through the b s and yet you know the thing about him here's did you notice what happened with him? This is interesting you know, it didn't feel right to yeah, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He felt it, didn't he? Yeah, he felt it. And that's probably because he's going through our process and he knows what we teach. Well, it's not just that. He didn't just say, well, Dave says it's wrong. Right. There's something wrong here. I just can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Overpay and get money back. But I mean, you ever have those feelings? I don't know exactly what's wrong, but I smell a rat. Yeah. Which means there's a dead rat in the corner somewhere. I just hadn't found him yet. Or below the couch. Something stinks in here. Yeah. Something stinks in here. Mm -hmm. Something got in the house and died. You know, I got a smell in here. What is it? Something's wrong. You got. You can't find it. Yeah. You can't put your finger on it. But how many times have you been in a situation with a person or with a product, a financial product? You know, you had one. You had one, you were buying an item, I won't say what it was on the air, but you got the smell off the people and you ran. It wasn't three weeks ago. What was it, Dave? Tell me. You got to have a... (laughs) What was it? I'm not going to, because they might be listeners and I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to throw you under the bus. No, I'm saying. You walked out of a deal into Uh a different deal. Not oh, long ago. Oh, yes, sir. I smelled sure it. Was, was it not the same thing? It was the exact same thing. The Holy Spirit thing. inside of you said, I smell smells, a rat. Yes, yeah, something's not right. Something be wrong and with I, these people. I ran. This deal is there. I can't put my finger on it, yep. but this deal is bad. Yes. And you ended up in another deal. There's a much better deal because you listened. Even though you couldn't logically explain it, you could listen to your heart. Absolutely. Yep. Listen to the bell when the bell rings. Woo. It's called the Holy Spirit. Yeah, think this is the Dave Ramsey show.
1: Okay, so a couple things here. First, he says all these um, insurance agents want is your commission, and if you look at how we structure policies, we cut our commissions by seventy-five percent of what what traditional whole life would be. Yeah, in most cases, seventy-five percent or even more. Sometimes, <laughs> sure. And when you compare that to management fees and 401ks, even those 1% fees, those things get huge. I mean, that's going to be way more commission than an upfront insurance commission fee. Absolutely. And we're only getting paid when you pay premium. If um, you aren't adding money to a mutual fund or a 401k or something like that, there's still a management fees that you are charged. Even if you're not adding to it, they're still getting paid. Yeah. So, So that's a little misleading there. And then kind of the second thing is Dave opened up this with the guy saying, oh, yeah, I've heard of infinite banking. And he says, Jesus, you know, cursing in Jesus's name. And then here at the end, he's like, oh, you felt the Holy Spirit in you that you smell the rat. It's like, okay, what are we doing here? We're saying that we're this, you know, huge Christian, but we start off with, um, you know, cursing Jesus. So I, I feel like that's not very consistent and dave is you know he's well known in churches and he that's that's one of his big target market is churches that's where a lot of people first hear of dave ramsey yeah and so this podcast isn't meant to be calling out dave ramsey this is just meant to shed some light on what is truth behind what's being said on the radio where who knows how many thousands of people are listening and you know what is false okay this isn't uh, meant to be anything more than that hopefully this provided value to you guys and this is going to help your decision making in the future so that's all we've got today thanks guys for tuning in this week and we'll be back next week
0: this was the cash value solutions podcast
1: remember to subscribe
0: rate and review the show check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com and don't
1: forget to tune in next week